This is the Five Point Play Podcast, the diehard Duke basketball fans podcast. Duke with another convincing win, 67 to 59. And we got more music. That's how good we are. That's how good we are here on the Five Point Play Podcast. Is that when I do a great intro, I need another one. It's kind of like Michael Scott from The Office when he was giving the wedding toast. He had like seven printed out just in, just in case he didn't have the first one hit. Um, AC, I appreciate that. But uh, yeah, so. 60, 6759. Um, it, look, it, it was ugly. I, I think that uh, I, I know that you guys, and I think it was Jack and AC, you both said it might be a little bit scrappy early, but then you predicted big blowouts. I was with you. I thought it'd be a little bit ugly. I think um, Shrewsbury is a phenomenal coach, and mm-hmm. he draws, first of all, that guy draws a phenomenal plays out of timeouts. We got to steal some of those. Um, but overall, look, Duke found a way to win on the road, and that's all that matters. A team that needed to find a way to win on the road, they did. And I think that that's the one thing that this fan base needs to hear is that they're not always going to be pretty. I don't care how many five stars you have. I don't care how many draft picks you have. The game is the game. I don't care that Notre Dame lost to the Citadel. They've improved. And if you can't see that, then that's on you. We're going to break the game down. We're going to talk about a couple players and our player spotlight. We'll preview the next two games, and then AC's going to give you where the real intel is at, which is on Patreon. But, Jack, I wanted to start with you here. The Notre Dame game, uh, it starts and ends with Mark Mitchell for me. No question on that. Mark Mitchell had probably the best game of his career. I'm not even going to try to, like, dispute that. You you guys are welcome to argue. He... You know, he absolutely killed it. What was it? Twenty-three points, fourteen rebounds. Career high in points and boards. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's game. impressive. Like you can't, you can't tell me that's not impressive. Didn't and not to mention, uh, I think he missed one, but he hit two threes. Mark hit Mitchell two hit two, two threes. Two for two. He was two for three. Didn't he miss one at two. one point? Two, no, two for oh, two. two. For two. Okay. I got him. Two for two. That's on me. That's on me. That's on me. From the line. Okay. So I miss Mark his hundred percent, damn it. Yeah. I'll take that. I'll take that. But no, Mark, Mark had crazy good game and it was completely needed. Because I mean, you know, he 14 straight to start the half. And that's coming off the 21 point game, too. I'm just I'm happy with, with the production. I hope it continues to be pretty good like that. Yeah, Pablo, you uh, you were gone on last podcast, but now you're back. Just like Mark Mitchell was back. What did you like from his game? And, you know, he's going to be Duke's best player right now outside of Jeremy Roach. Yeah, no, nah, Mark, he was killing. Uh, he did good, man. He, he played his game, uh, you know, knew uh, the new, you know, the new system that Duke is running. You know what I mean? It's basically highlighting him a lot. And I think uh, he's going to be, you know, he's the key to, you know, where we get to, you know what I mean? He's, he's our ceiling, you know what I mean? Like he's, he's going to be a testament to how far we can go. Um, you know, obviously in the first half of the game, I'm just going to say this, man, like dead up, like the game, first half of the game was Popeye Jones. It was Tyrone Hill. It was ugly. You know what I'm saying? It was ugly. <laughs> yes, sir. But I think this what? might be the second Popeye Jones reference uh, ever in the history yeah, of the podcast. It was shot of ranks. It was ugly. <laughs> It was sealed. It was ugly, but it's not good. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Hey, hey day, good teams win ugly games, Pablo. Good point. <laughs> I'm just glad. Uh, I'm just glad we won, man. You know, I mean, you know, you know, you know, my slogan, man. I don't really give a fuck about nothing except the dub. I don't care if we win by half a point. That's all that mattered to me, man. The boys came together yesterday and they did what they had to do. Yeah, D. I think that that's right. I, I, I say a wins and wins and win, especially on the road. I don't care if you're down on the ACC or think the ACC is the greatest conference ever. A win's a win. And they had the scrap for that one. They hit their free throws late. I know you're big on that. So, you know, overall, yeah, we didn't play great, but we found a way to win. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned free throws because that's what I was going to say the key to this game was. Yeah, it was ugly. They shot terrible from the floor. Although I do like that they kept hunting that shot. They didn't stop shooting the ball because you're not going to make it unless you shoot it. But um, if you look at the, th- the free throws versus what we took, they took, we made, they made. <laughs> Stop. 
<laughs> you got, you got it done. I'm just... <laughs> wow. Well, hey, professional here. Free throws won that game, in my opinion. Thanks to TK. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Duke was 17-21 from the line. Uh, Notre Dame, 8-16, obviously. We took advantage of our opportunities at the stripe. And uh, AC, uh, I'm afraid that if you say anything even remotely caused work, Pablo's going to be all over it. So, um, look, you know me. I'm, I'm trying. Look, good, I, I, don't, good luck. I don't. Hey, he, I he, don't, he be owning that I shit. I don't give a fuck. Uh, don't give a fuck. that shit. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. Honestly, the best policy, AC. Oh, man. You see it behind me, too. Look, I don't give a fuck. Nah, for real, though. No, like, um, like you guys have said, the, you know, the first half was you know it was what it was it was ugly second half mark took over jeremy kind of was consistent the entire game like you know we we did we we won the game is the bottom line right like there's gonna be ugly games we got a team full of sophomores like I, let's stop acting like we got a team full of seniors like these are not a bunch of seniors and guess what if they were you're still gonna have some bad games in division one man it's just what it, it is what it is shrewsbury when you have a bad team like that who plays well and plays together because they have a good coach one of the things they do is muck the game up like Outside of Georgetown, every team that they play, they make them shoot badly from three. They make them shoot badly on the, around the floor. They try to turn you over. They fall all over the place. You know, they do all the things that they scrap. They do all the things that they're supposed to do because they're a terrible team. They're not a good team. But he's a good coach, and he has them working together. So, you know, it's this is more of a hats off to him, Shrewsbury, and his squad more so than a, an indictment on Duke and, oh, God, everything we just did the past two weeks doesn't count now. Like, where were we? Like, everybody's all happy. You know, the last couple of weeks, and now all of a sudden we're back to, oh, this team can't win a title, or this right. team can't do this and that. Like, come on, man. <laughs> like, which one is it, man? <laughs> well, it I, happens. I think, this happens. Yeah, I think that that's exactly right. And that was really my point at the end of our last podcast is that, you know, we had that great second half against Syracuse, and the fan base is like, we're never going to lose again. And <laughs> they're going up to Notre Dame. It's another road game. And you just got to remember that each game is its own entity. And Pablo, I wanted to bring you in because before the game, you actually talked about on our text chain, and I think you put it on Twitter, that because Shrewsbury is the coach that he is and people are starting to know who he is now, um, you said that he was going to do exactly what he just pointed out. He was going to muck it up. What did you see from his game plan that Duke can take away from that other teams might try to implement going forward against us? Um, So, I mean, they honestly – you know, when it's it's like this, man, like when you play like most teams, it's not many teams that can match the dude's talent, period. I don't it might not be any team in the nation that could match their talent. So their game plan is always going to be like AC said, it's going to be to muck the game up. Shrewsbury is like the master of that. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like he can he can do it from different ways. Pause. That was crazy. But I'm yeah, that exactly. <laughs> I, that was crazy. I, had to, I had to pause myself. That was crazy. But um. <laughs> yeah, it was funny. I was talking to a guy on Twitter today that does like some good uh, yeah, graphics yeah. and stuff like that. And we were talking about the Cornet closeout, um, which, you know what I mean, is an, uh, an effective thing. Uh, and, you know, Shrewsbury, he's a disciple of Brad Stevens. So, you know, they did what most teams try to do. They try to, you know, they want wanted to, they dare Mark to shoot. Uh, and the other thing that they did and why Flip has such a subpar game is they doubled the shit out of him. I mean, every time he got the ball, he got doubled. Damn near every time he got doubled. So it's like, I knew he wasn't going to have a big game. I knew other guys was going to have to step up. And that's what their game plan was, basically take the star player out the game, and have every, and if, if they get beat by somebody else, they was okay with it. And obviously, when we got that much talent, they can't stop everybody. So they mm-hmm. gotta they got to pick their poison. So, you know, that's that was their game plan. You know, take Flip out. Let's see who else can beat us. Fortunately for us and for Duke, you know what I'm saying? Like we got, you know, a multi- multitude of talent, man. And, uh, you know, you've seen guys step up. Mark stepped up in a big way. So we, we pulled the, gu- the dub out. And that's yeah, why I, I don't think, and real quick, that's why I like to answer your, to continue to further answer your question, TK. That's why I don't think right now, I don't think there's anybody in the nation that's going to, like nobody's going to be able to duplicate what Notre Dame did because Notre Dame has to play that way. Like other teams are going to be better. They're not going to want to, they're not going to want to play the way Notre Dame does because that's out of their style and system. Like, Maybe UVA is the only other team that's going to want to do that, and we know what we can do against UVA. Like, but like right now, there's there's no, no <laughs> team in the nation you can shut one of our things down. Flip, 
Breeze, somebody. You can shut one of those things down, and we're still going to come at you with some other stuff. So, like, ain't worried about it, man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, go ahead, Theo. I was going to bring this to you anyway that I thought that uh, a lot of teams right now are, that's their gameplay. It's like, okay, we're going to double up on uh, Flip, sometimes throw a triple team at him and make other guys beat you. But the problem's point, we have guys, you know, McCain's been playing well. Obviously, he didn't shoot very well against Notre Dame, but Roach is always going to be Roach. So that's there. And now you have Mark playing. So that's two other guys now that can still produce when, you know, you're doubling and triple teaming flip. Kind of pick your poison. Where where can Duke continue to evolve? Well, let's just talk about a star for a second. And yeah, Flip is probably the, the most talented player on the team. But who is Duke's star right now? In my opinion, it's Mark Mitchell. Um, I've said for a few podcasts now, that's the keystone of this Duke team, Mark Mitchell. And he has been playing like a certified star in the past, what, three, four games at least? Yeah. And, is he and, is our star or is Germ our star? No, I think, is Germ is Germ our star or is it Mark? I think Germ's the I mean, Jeremy is – I, I think know, Jeremy. I think Jeremy has transitioned into the most consistent Duke player we have. But I think Mitchell is emerging as a star in front of our eyes, and kudos <laughs> to the coaching staff because they put him in that position. Mm-hmm. Now, again, we're splitting hairs with all the NBA talent we have on this team. Jeremy a star, sure, sure. Let's we can have multiple stars like hockey if you want to, but I think right now Mark Mitchell is the keystone of this team. And the coaching staff has set that chess piece up to be exactly that. Yeah, Jack, where do you fall on this? Because I feel like um, he's definitely a star. We're talking about Mark Mitchell. Um, is he the star of his team? I think right now he's the player. Him and Jeremy Roach are the two players. Actually, him, Jeremy Roach, and McCain, they're the three players on this team that know exactly what their role is. It's going to be the same role the rest of the year. And now he's trying to figure out, you know, Flip has to figure himself out a little bit. We're going to do that in the player spotlight. Tyrese still got to figure some stuff out. Kalen's going to have to figure some stuff out. And then we have our role players that we've talked about before. In your opinion, though, is, is Mark Mitchell, it's been a two-game summary of, you know, him kind of dominating. But is he the star of this team right now? That's a great question, TK. I, I mean, I don't really know. I don't really know if this team has a true star necessarily. I think they have a bunch of guys Flip. who can go for 25 yeah. points. I mean, yes, obviously, Flip's, Flip's the most talented player. It's Flip. It's Flip for sure Flip. He's the star of the team. <laughs> it's goddamn for sure Flip. Let, let Jack out. Don't make me Hear kick me your out. ass, Jack. He's the star of the team. <laughs> Hear me out. All right. We got you. You guys are crazy. I feel like this team has four for five guys who can go off for 25 points any night. And I think, yeah, we're going to go to flip as the first option of the offense until someone proves that they should be any given night. But I, I really do think that anyone can be that best player any given game with this team. That's my, I think that's maybe my the right. That's true. I think instead of asking who's the star, cause it's flip, but I think instead of asking who the star is, I think the question is if somebody has a bad game, who can we who can we withstand having a bad game? Like we've shown now that we can have a, we can win with Flip having bad games because he can distribute, he can do some of the other things that he does to affect the game on the floor. We've seen the team be able to have you know Tyrese have bad games and we can win. We got three losses under our belt with Mark Mitchell having bad games. I think to Dee's point, I think Mark having bad games is more detrimental to this team than anybody else. And we kind of talked about this early in the season. I think it was one of the preseason pod where we said if somebody got hurt, who would be the one that would be the most difficult to withstand? And Mark, Mark. was the one that we kind of were like, Mark, yeah, that's the one we really can't replace. And so I think that's what we're looking at here is like what Jeremy gives us, what Caleb gives us, what McCain gives us, all that can be replaced with the other perimeter players we have. Flip not having a great game. We got plenty of other perimeter guys who can make up for that. But Mark having bad games, we have three losses under our belt with Mark having bad games and Yes, sir. No bueno. So, so let me say something real quick, real quick, not to cut you off, AC. So I think, no, you got it. I was done. In my opinion, I think if you look at the our, our our team, right, I think we got two guys that have a certain type of gravity, and it's only I think it's only two. So I would say it's Jared McCain because of his shooting, and I say Flip because of his star power, versatility, 
uh, playmaking mm-hmm. as a big and everything. Those two on Duke's team, they affect the most. They affect the defense the most because you got to adjust to what they're doing. Yep. You know what I'm saying? This is my opinion. This is my humble opinion. Um, nobody, you know, obviously, you know, we got all got our own opinions and shit. But, you know, obviously, Jared McCain, you know, you can't leave him open. You know what I mean? He's going to draw, you know, he's going to draw a crowd. You know what I mean? That That's going to change their game plan and flip. You got to change the game plan just as a whole. You know what I mean? So yeah. I think those two are the ones with the most gravity on the team. I think Flip is the star. Um, mm-hmm. I think Roach is the leader. Uh yeah, I would say that. And I would say Mark Mitchell is definitely the X factor on this team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's fair. And I think it's a great segue into our player spotlight. And I, I'll keep it with you here, Pablo, because, you know, our first spotlight is on Filipowski. And I think your point is that if we look at the, the games we played, we knew coming into this year, other teams are game planning for him. How can we take mm-hmm. him out of the game? And I think uh, as the season has gone along, even when his numbers shooting-wise have been subpar in a, in, in a few of these games, certainly not Notre Dame, he's he's evolved into a player that is looking for other teammates, finding other ways to help his team win. I'd love to see him do more of that. But to your point, though, uh, spotlight him as a player and how he's kind of evolved as the season's gone on. Yeah, so this year, you know, last year, obviously he was, you know, he was the the guy that scored, and they just went to him to score, 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 score. This year, they want to do the same, but they know that, you know, like what you're saying, teams are game planning for him to take him completely out of the game. I think the best thing about Flip is that even when he's had a bad game, he's still getting over ten rebounds, and he's still distributing and making plays to make other guys, you know, better. You know, what I mean, he's affecting the defense a little more. So just spotlighting him, man, and just his overall versatility, I think it's just great, man, to have a guy like him on a team, a seven-footer, man, that could just see over the defense, and that's what that's what allows him to make those passes right over the top of the defenses. And you, you we're seeing a lot of that. You know, they're throwing the ball to him inside. You know, Mark Mitchell's immediately diving, you know what I mean, once he's getting doubled. Easy pass, dunk. You know, we're seeing a lot of that. We're seeing a, a lot of, uh, you know, second and third level reads from flip out of the post, you know what I mean, to the three-point line. And, and a lot of those guys, uh, Jared McCain is, is the recipient of a lot of those passes, and him, and, uh, him, him and Jeremy, and they're knocking down the threes. So just with flip, man, I, I tell you, we're, we're blessed to have that guy. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. he's going to uh, he's gonna change. He, he's changing. I mean, you see already, he's, every single game that we've played, he's changed the game in some way or another. Uh, you know, whether he scored a lot or he didn't. So that's what I think about Flip. D, I'll go to you next here because I know on our, you know, kind of game chat, uh, you know, on a text and, and, you know, game chats are funny because, you know, it's the raw emotion, you know, immediately after a play. But, you know, you kind of were a little bit harder on Flip than, you know, uh, Pablo or Jack were in the game thread. I kind of agree with a lot of the things you were saying, but I want to give you the mic um, to kind of talk about that. Well, first of all, I think, yeah, he's absolutely Duke's star player, if, you, if you're going to put it in quotes. But um, if you're going to be that star player, then you need to be held to a higher standard. And just like – and I don't want to bring up what we talked about, you know, on the chat. But the one thing I will say about Flip is when you get that ball on the block, like let's not wait for that double team to come. Let's, let's turn and face the defender as a seven-footer and go up strong and dunk the ball. That's really my only gripe with with him. I mean, again, like I said on that same chat, we're splitting hairs with an all American, right? We're trying to we're we're nitpicking an all American. Um, Duke's blessed to have Flip. I I understand that, but I think he can he can clean some stuff up that we talked about last season as a freshman, where you where where you get in that safe spot where you're just backing somebody down, and then the double team comes, and now you're trying to lay it up soft off the boards and that just, that's not going to fly in the NCAA. Um, if he would just catch that ball, turn face the defender and do what a seven footer does. Like that's, that's really all I want to see from flip. But other than that, I mean, you, you, you can't say see, much one thing, stuff. one thing he did clean up D. I know this is something we used to talk about all the time last year was he's not doing as much of the turning his back to the basket, getting the ball ripped from him anymore. That was one thing we wanted to see him change. Now the next one is getting the shoulder square to the basket to make a higher percentage of these layups, especially when well, he got doubles on him. Well, do it high. Well, when you know the double's coming at you too, like do mm-hmm. it, do it quick. If you know right. you have a mismatch and the double's coming, let, let's turn and face the basket and go quick. And then again, splitting hairs. I get it. 
I understand. But if we're going to say what can flip clean up, it's it's some of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that that's a, per, a perfect distinction. It's, you know, we're splitting hairs, but I think you labeled it correctly when you talk about the fact that we are high, holding him to a higher standard because he is the guy for this team. He's a mm-hmm. preseason All-American, preseason AC player of the year. So we're, we're expecting more of him. Teams are game planning for him. So we're asking more of him than some other people, and, and because he's earned that. Um, so I would like to see him finish more around the rim. I would like to see him go up with more conviction, trying to get a bucket then rather than trying to look for a foul. I'd like to see all those things. Nitpicking, sure, but the percentages also show that he's not scoring around the rim at a high enough clip to, to be a guy that should average 20 a night. Um, so again, nitpicking, sure, but it, it's, it's the truth. The numbers don't lie. When you look at, at he's shooting like 56% from the field, though. From yeah, he's shooting like 7% from two. Right, from but when you look around the rim, and especially in the last few games, those numbers aren't there. So I mean, it's it's one like one game, right? It's like Notre Dame is still sticking super sharp in our it, mind, it, it, but it, it, Syracuse, he crushed Syracuse down low in the second half. In the second so, half, he was perfect. And I'd like he was 5 of 7. He was 7 of 8 the game before that against Queens. Yeah, and, and again, again, we're nitpicking, but my point is that we're trying to hold him, to, like you said, hold him to a higher standard. You know. Yeah, but uh, I think um, I, I I get what you're saying. I think, and and look, we said we said it. Like I would I would much rather see him square his shoulders up to the basket to make a layup than some of the some of the types of layups he gets. Sometimes he gets them to fall, but kind of like what Paulo's saying, as your star player, you just you want your star player to be able to make big shots. When it counts, even if he's having a bad game, when it counts, he, we saw that against Baylor, against Baylor towards the end of the game, against Missy, against Chamo Chachwa, and and the big big old dude that I can't say his name, like he was he was started like even though Missy was taking his lunch the whole first three quarters of that game to end that game, Flip came out and and balled out and like Paulo said, one of the things one of the ways you can crush a team is if their defensive game plan is to shut you down and then you still produce within that defensive game plan. That team is done. They're toast. You can't do anything about it. So I think John is going to have to devise some ways to get Flip some easier shots. Because yeah. <laughs> I don't know that I don't know that he's just gonna fully change mechanics mid-season. I don't think that that's gonna happen. But I think if we can devise, continue to devise ways to get him some easier shots. And Mark, Mark playing the way he's played is going to help with that. But devise some ways to get Flip some easier shots. I think that's gonna help kind of one. alleviate some of the stuff. But I mean, Flip's percentages are, are, in my opinion, Flip's percentages from two, especially, are fine. They're better than they were last year. You just you don't want him to be able to be shut out of a game like he was against Baylor, and like he was against Notre Dame. You don't want that, obviously. Well, I'm just saying, like, let's throw the like, let's throw. I don't give a fuck in there about stats, like in there. Like, I'm use the eye test. The past few games, Flip has been kind of a shell of himself, and if you do that in March, you're out. It's one and done. So I would I would just like to see a little more consistency from Flip. I get his numbers are good, I understand that, but a little more consistency, a little more conviction towards the rim would be nice to see. If if we're if we're doing this, I got you on that, D. But uh, so another thing I'll say too, and I think what people are are not realizing is the respond the defensive responsibility that Flip has. You know, he's like literally the only rim protector, you know what I'm saying? And and really the only yeah. big man defender. True. So not only not only that, but you know, you gotta realize every team that we play, what is their game plan? A lot of times their game plan is to pull flip away from the rim. So he's mm-hmm. actually chasing guards around too. Mm-hmm. He's tired. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So I think a lot of people they need to understand that. And that's what's gonna take away like a lot of his legs and things like that on the offensive end. If he's trying to back somebody down, turn around and, and get to the rim. He's probably not gonna have the same lift, man. Especially if he's, you know, all pause. If he's, never mind, I'm even gonna say it. But if he's guarding another guy, you know what I'm saying. If he's guarding another big guy, you know what I'm saying. And then he's got to run around, you know, chase guys through, you know, off screens. They're switching, pick and roll. He's gonna be tired, man. He's gonna be tired. Mm-hmm. I think the shots that he's getting, he's actually getting good shots. He's actually getting, you know, the shots he needs and the shots that he can normally hit. And that's why his field goal percentage is still pretty high. Overall, you know, at the rim, I don't know what it is at the rim, but I'll find that stat. But I think I think that's one thing that we just have to remember, man. He's not gonna, he's not gonna be fresh. You know what I'm saying? The, the whole yeah, game. I, he's I, not. There's no what? doubt about that. And I get. I, I I think again, this is what Theonis' point is: is that 
you know, we're nitpicking here because mm-hmm. we hope we hold him to a higher standard. We're, yeah. we're asking more of him because we expect more and he can produce that. We've seen it. Uh, yeah. But I do want to I do want to bring Jack in on this because you're the only one that can probably provide some balance here. Um, you know, kind of talk about kind <laughs> of talk about um, you know where you kind of stand from some of the things that D and I are saying uh, versus you know the, the great points that both uh, Pablo and AC have. My problem with Flip isn't necessarily shot selection or anything. I mean, I I think he's played obviously the eye test. The last few games hasn't really passed super well but again his the shot quality overall has been pretty decent and i think the big thing is the fact that mark hit two threes against notre dame there's going to be more space for him to work with inside the arc now there's gonna be a lot more space for that my big gripe with flip though i will i will say this he tries to he doesn't try to shoot all the time when he's at the hoop he tries to get the contact and i think you got to finish through the contact strong as opposed to, you know, just doing what James Harden does. Um, I, I say this as someone who... Spoken like a true Sixers fan. <laughs> Look, what Flip does when he gets the contact and the call is great. You know, he gets to the line, although the free throw percentage has dropped off a little bit. I I really do feel like you got to go up and try to get the ball in the hoop. I don't care if you're getting hacked to death you gotta you gotta try to score it doesn't matter if you get in contact or not because if you're going up expecting contact and just flailing and the contact doesn't come then you're just going like that and that's not going to get two points on the board could you imagine flip with a mid-range damn he's a two-level score but god damn if you get if he had a mid-range bro oh my goodness i mean didn't he have a decent one in high school check it out right i'm i'm on synergy right now right and they talk about stats at the rim and they got highlighted. You know what I'm saying? So what they'll say, they have like excellent, good, whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. At the rim, flip is good at 55. 62%. I was going to say 55% would probably be about close because he's 57% from two. He doesn't take anything other than, I mean, he takes layups. That's His points are in and around the paint. Like he doesn't take much out of the mid range. That's why I brought that up. Synergy's probably got better numbers than this, but I'm on hoop math, which is what I generally use. I'm sorry. At the rim, it says, "Yeah, at the rim, fit good." Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Fifty-nine percent effective field goal range. percentage. Fifty-nine. Are you good? Yeah. Oh yeah! Wow, that's pretty good. Live live reactions here on, on the right. podcast, but AC, I'll right. bring you in uh, while he compiles the stats because I think that uh, one thing that uh, I definitely agree with Jack on is that uh, if, if Mark continues to play the way he is, mm-hmm. you know, the game plan we've talked about it ad nauseum, uh, the game plan is is directed at flip, at, yeah, with good, with good reason. If yep. Mark's continuing to to play the way he is, uh, versus the game plan that the teams are against him and against what they're doing for flip. That mm-hmm. you know, common sense would tell you that that should open some things up eventually for Flip, especially no, when you're paid No, absolutely. And and that was one point I just wanted to make real quick um, before before we move on or whatever we do is that we we talk about like basketball right now is a guards game. It's a guards game, or at least at the very at the very least, it's a ball handlers game. The thing about being a post player, you still have to be the recipient of a pass. You still have to be a recipient of you know, a draw up or something that's going to get you, you know, shots in your spots, whether it's at the basket, whether it's in the middle of the paint, whatever. You see it with Zach Eady all the time. He's got to get it off the left hook or he's got to get over here. He can't get a shot off. So it, it's the same. Like with, so as with Flip, his offense is dependent upon the guards getting him the ball in good spots. And he can handle the ball a little bit depending on how, you know, the, what kind of defenders on him. But for the most part, most of his shots come from. A, some kind of a pass from one of our guards, whereas our guards can take one-on-one, one-on-one, one-on-one whenever they need to and when we when we just absolutely need a bucket. So that's the beauty of this is like Mark playing better and Mark taking being a buffer and taking some of that pressure off a of flip along the baseline in the dunker spot where he's getting the ball. And even if he can stretch the floor, you know, then that, that just takes so much more off a of flip and makes it a lot easier, whereas now – that game plan that the other team is going to have to plan around flip 
like I said, it fails. At that point, it fails because again, if you can, if you if you persist through their game plan, it's over. Like that's how you win games. Yep. Yo, hey, Pablo, you got you got some stats for us? Oh no, no, I just shot them to you in the, in the group, and I'm just okay. showing y'all, uh, you know, his stats for y'all to look at. I mean, I don't really have nothing to say on it, really. I already said what I had to say, like as far as like you know, he's he's pretty he's pretty good at the rim, you know what I mean? Sure. For the most part, but I, I understand, like you said, you know what I mean. I know that you know we're nitpicking, and we want him to be, you know, we always want him to play at that uh, all American level. I got it, you know what I'm saying, and I think that there might be some things defensively that they can uh that they can look at um uh, that other teams do with guys like Hunter Dickinson and things like that that'll probably minimize you know some of the you know some of the energy that he's expending so much mm-hmm. um but that's you know like I said that's for that's for a whole different podcast man I think um you know I think John can do some things like that but I just think you know at the same time man he's so versatile man that they just like what they see out of flip, man. They know he can guard, you know what I mean? When he's switching off, he's not, it's not like they're just taking advantage of him. Only time that flip is not aggressive on defense is when he has fouls. And granted, he has picked up some really questionable, some really stupid fouls, you know what I'm saying? And that's the thing about flip is that he's got a, it's those, those little baby touch fouls that he, you know what I'm saying? He's so pause. He's so big. If He should just be knocking people to fuck out. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. If he going to hit somebody, he might as well hit him hard. Pause. But <laughs> I'm just saying, man, like, I, that's that's what be killing me. That's the only thing that killed me about Flip, man, is the, you know what I'm saying, is it's the baby touch fouls, man. You know what I mean? That's my thing. So, Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. I think uh, that's a pretty fair estimate. And I think, uh, AC, you guys are going to talk about uh, Coach's Corner at the end of the podcast and kind of mm-hmm. give people a preview of that. So it might be something to look, you know, for in the Coach's Corner, you know, kind of maybe look at areas where they could help him out defensively to help conserve some of that energy. But we'll finish up the other player spotlight, which is Tyrese. And and this is one that, uh, you know, just kind of baffles me a little bit. I, I know that he's coming off uh, uh, the, the the four or five game layoff, and he's trying to find his role and, and, and things like that after coming off that long break with, uh, you know, a new starting lineup coming off the bench. I think we all thought he would start against Notre Dame. He did not. Um, Jack, you know, kind of break down Tyrese Proctor for for us, and and you know what you're seeing, and and what what can we do to get him to be more aggressive, to be more involved, to be more efficient. Um, well, what we're seeing right now is Tyrese Proctor is doing a pretty good job as a floor general. He's not, you know, he's not really scoring at the clip we expected him to. The defense isn't really a hundred percent, but this is all coming off of a an injury that looked really bad when it happened. And not to say that that means it is necessarily bad, but it's definitely, you know, it was a bad injury. He missed a month. Um, yeah, looking looking at him overall, though, he's... I, I don't really know what to say. I'm not going to lie. It's Given the expectations he had, it was quite disappointing um, so far since he's been back. You know, he's... He's a good player. We know he's a good player. John's liking what he's seeing with Caleb on the floor better, and I really can't say I disagree as of right now. That being said, I don't think Proctor's playing at 100%. I think that once he is 100%, he will be the point guard. That will not be in question. But again, really, it it has been... I, I can't not call this a disappointment given the expectations he had to start the season. Yeah, Dee, I'll bring you on here because um, I'm with Jack on this. It's, it's just it's hard to kind of uh, sugarcoat this one for me. And I, again, I'll preface this again, saying that, yes, I understand he's coming off the injury. He's probably, you know, to Jack's point, not 100%. But I don't think he's hunting his shot. I don't think that, you know, he had a couple silly turnovers against Notre Dame, which is very unlike him. Uh, I thought that he had turned the corner in the second half against Notre Dame. Right now, though, just it seems like uh, I think Pablo brought this up and we talked about a pregame where I love the idea of John Shire not starting him against Notre Dame, hoping that that's going to motivate him, an okay technique. And it almost seems like it did the opposite. Well, I mean, <laughs> Caleb Foster, 
just like AC said, Caleb Foster is going to be Caleb Foster, consistent, inconsistent. But this is this question was about Tyrese, and they've played arguably the same amount of minutes in the past two games. Um, if we're going to talk about who the point guard of this team is, I think they have two. Um, Proctor can come off the bench and give you the same amount of production that he can in 22 minutes as he can in 35 minutes, in my opinion. So I say this a lot, but I think it really all depends on who, who runs that first team better in practice coming off the start. Cause Duke wants to start quick, get ahead quick, establish tempo and do their game. So who, what point guard point guard, either Caleb or, or Proctor can give you that. And, Right now, kind of like Jack said, I'm not sure. I'm not ready to make a statement on it because I don't know. Like, let me get another one or two games under my belt because Proctor has done a lot of things that don't show up on the stat sheet with just his wingspan alone that on, on defense that lead to turnovers and so on and so forth. So I, I'm not ready to say yet. Um, Proctor's still coming back from an injury. Don't think he's 100%. Let's let him cook for a second. Yeah, AC. Uh, he's 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 only played two games in in the last you know six weeks. So gotta give him you know time to get back. But overall, you know what what can we what can we do to help him? You know, as a coaching staff. Uh, nothing. He's gonna have to have a uh, switch flip in his head with in terms of scoring. I think. It, I don't think this has anything to do with his ankle, quite honestly. I think the team has become something different when he was out. And this is what we talked about before. I think you asked a question, actually, TK. Does does it take a while to get Tyrese integrated back into what we were doing? And my answer to that was, it's going to take as long as it takes for him to learn that he needs to become the scorer. Like, he his career high before the LaSalle game this year at 22 was 17 last season. And I was early in the year. So he, he's not he's not a score. He's an opportunistic scorer. That's what he has been. And we relied on him taking more shots last year because we just between injuries and everything else, we just didn't have a lot of shot takers. Uh, whereas this year we have a lot more shot takers. The team has evolved into a team where the guards are attacking more one on one, doing a little bit more that way and still finding opportunistic shots for each other. So I think his shot's going to have to fall, which it will. We saw that last year where he was shooting, you know, all, all 20-some percent to start the season and 40% at the end of the year. Uh, so I think we'll see the same trend this year. I think that he he clearly has the ball handling ability and everything else to get to the lane at will and the size, 6'5". He was you know, integral in that game against Syracuse and getting some good shots at the basket with their lengthy guards. And so that you know that, that was another cheat code for us against teams that have big guards is him being able to, to get those shots down low. So it's just it's going to have to be him, you know, whatever the staff has to do to help him get to that point of, of flipping that switch, whether it's calling more plays for him or whatever else, putting him in different spots and taking him off the ball, maybe take him off the ball and, and, and kind of force him into that secondary no. secondary role of, of catching catching the second or third pass on the offense when the defense is, has kind of shifted. That That's what it's going to take, in my opinion, to to get him in line with where we are, with what this team has been doing. Yeah, Pablo, I think uh, Shire actually did that uh, a couple times in the second half there where he played mm-hmm. both Foster and Proctor together and, and had Foster running the running the show, having Proctor play off. So, you know, kind yeah. of kind of expand on that. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I think uh, he did exactly what AC was just saying. You know what I mean? He tried to get him in a, in the a role of, of scoring because the team did change while he was out. Um, and if you notice, when the team changed, it changed for the better, obviously, and that's mm-hmm. because – everybody got more aggressive on the team. You know what I'm saying? So Tyrese Proctor coming into that, now he's got to get incorporated into what they're doing. So at the end of the day, Tyrese Proctor has to look in the mirror and say, what do I want to be? What do I want to do? You know what I mean? I'm Tyrese motherfucking Proctor. I'm supposed to be the best point guard in the nation. You know what I'm saying? Like, what's going on here? He just has to play better. You know what I mean? And it starts with his mentality. He has to change his mentality. He doesn't have to be, you know, the like we need Tyrese Proctor that played Tennessee last year. That's what we need. You know what I'm saying? We don't need Tyrese Proctor to set everybody up all the time. We got enough dudes to do that. 
that's not what we want to do in our offense. You know what I'm saying? In our offense, we want to, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? We want to move. We want a lot of player and ball movement. We want to shoot a lot of threes. You know, we want to get some ball screen going. We want to attack the rim. We want to drive and kick. Those are all the things, all those things that we're saying is, is, is Tyrese Proctor has that in his game. So he's got to look in the mirror at the end of the day. And, and, and like he agrees with me, you know what I mean? He knows Tyrese Proctor. He, he got to look in the mirror and say, I'm Tyrese motherfucking Proctor at the end of the day. And that's just the bottom line. So, you know, John Shire, he's going to be on his ass. Pause. You know what I'm saying? Until, you know, he figure it out. So, you know, we all here for it. <laughs> no, you're not. Hey, you're not wrong. It, it is a look. Take the, the shots. It's a just take the, the shots. Room. I think I think he's actually I think he's uh, interesting because um, Shire said after the game uh, in reference to where Mark Mitchell is now after you know the, the start that he had and what's kind of helped him is being more decisive and saying hey just shoot the ball if you're gonna be there shoot the ball if not you know kick it out if not get around the rim if not do this if not do that but do it with conviction and I think right now that's the same message probably to Tyrese it's like. To Pablo Court, your your Tyrese motherfucking Proctor, just act like it, and I think that that's the mindset that he has to get into. Um, so, a perfect way to finish off the 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 player spotlight. Let's go ahead and preview the next two games because we do play Pitt. Actually, we play them two out of three times, but we'll just preview this first one. We go up to Pitt, nine p.m. late game Tuesday night, and then we finish off Saturday with Georgia Tech. Pitt's got kind of a rough stretch, um, you know, but. They've been in every game. They uh, obviously just beat Jack's Louisville Cardinals. So, uh, AC. <laughs> we claim them. I don't claim them. Uh, <laughs> um, but, AC, talk about uh, Jeff Cable's squad and what do we need to do to not, you know, succumb to a, uh, to a road loss up in, up in Pitt? Well, the first one is the first one not at Duke. Am I no, mistaken on that? We're at, we're at Pitt Tuesday. No, we're at, at Pitt. Pitt. The first one. Okay. Okay. Yeah, we're Either at Pitt. Way. Either way, the team the team goes where Blake Henson takes him, and he's been just like we've kind of, kind of talked to some of our guys. He's been inconsistent lately, um, especially with you know from field goal percentage and turnover uh, turnover percentage. He's he's turned the ball over and he's not shooting well. Like bottom line, so who are you talking that, about? That's gonna be a, uh, Blake Henson for Pitt. Oh. Um, that's that's gonna be you know where, where he goes is gonna be kind of where the team goes. Like it could be one of those games where he. You know what I mean? Where he kind of just playing at home hasn't played. He hasn't played great the past few games, and he just he comes out on fire because it's Duke and that's what everybody does. Head on fire, everything else. Like they got the Diaz Graham twins, all that. Like they don't they don't do anything special. Like they the thing that they do really well is they take your three point shots away from you. That's that's a Jeff Cable thing. Something he kind of helped bring to Duke when he was there as an assistant as well. Something he had back in the days of Oklahoma and VCU as well. So he's gonna take your easy threes away from you. So. We're gonna have to devise some ways to to get those shots. I think this is another another Mark potential Mark Mitchell game, man. This is another game where Mark can really affect what we do against that squad defensively and offensively. Because I think he's probably gonna have the Henson uh, assignment, just based on you know equal size everything else. And offensively, he, like again, it just getting getting the ball in spots. Like Cable's gonna pull back. He's probably gonna play a little bit of you know kind of the pseudo pack line. Probably play a little bit of a zone. Here and there, switch things up. He switches defenses a lot, so we'll just well he's going to make us adjust, and we have a team that can adjust. So as long as we can continue to get decent shots, another road game. So bring your shooting hat, fellas. Cause it's going to be difficult. Yep. But and, you know, if if we can get some interior presence between Flip between Mark, I think I think we come out with a win. That we we can come out with a double digit win, but I'm not I'm not gonna pick another double digit win on the road. Not yet. Another not thirty yet. another thirty five point. Victory. Nah, not yet. Not yet. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> Soon, but not yet. So just give me um. I'll go ahead and give a score now. Just give me give me seventy five to to sixty eight against Pitt. Yeah, Jack, where are you? I mean, AC covered the team as a whole pretty well. Um, I'm gonna say. 79 to 73. D? It's going to be a game. Chit and Chat Holmgren are going to get guys into foul trouble. Um, <laughs> tell me I'm wrong. Tell me they don't look like knockoff Chat Holmgren. 
I saw someone called the Diaz Graham twins that on Twitter, and it oh, that's it's funny. Stuck in my head. <laughs> that's real funny. Um, they're, they're gonna. I feel like they. I mean, obviously Guillermo Diaz Graham is is the better one by a pretty, pretty big talent, uh, but they're they're decent players, and I think they're gonna they're gonna mess with our bigs a little bit. I'm intrigued by that, but again, this team goes as far as Henson takes them. But yeah, I think I think Duke wins it by like five or six. <laughs> I love that. Real quick, sorry, TK. I, Jack pretty much nailed it. Uh, I think the the length of this Pittsburgh team is going to give Duke some issues. Silly man, so Holy silly. shit. Say I can't even say words. I'm not. <laughs> hey, I'm not saying nothing. Though. Wild. It's wild. Yeah, the length of this Pittsburgh team is gonna yeah. Give, yeah, D. Yeah, gonna give Duke. Lean into it, bro. Um, uh, Duke needs hey, to get yo. them in foul trouble early. Get the rotations out off the bench early. And I think if Duke does that, it's still going to be a pretty slimy game. Yeah, I said I don't know. Is that a pause too? Am get him, G. Slimy. Get him. Hey, you but, on the roll, dog? Go ahead. You gotta get him, G. <laughs> but in, anyway, I mean, I I'll still take Duke by the free throw margin. Give me seventy nine sixty seven. Yeah, that's pretty solid. I think that uh, for me, this is going to be a real stiff game. Probably a really hard. Jesus. Um, <laughs> Stiff competition out there. Um, <laughs> um, but no, seriously, I, th- I think uh, the other fellas um, really slid in there and <laughs> gave uh, what they're so- <laughs> uh, yes. I, I got to be professional here. I got to be professional. Um, no, I, th- I think that's right. I think 77 72 is the prediction for this one. Pablo, I'll give you the final word, even though I'm pretty sure I know what you'll say. <laughs> yeah. Uh... So, I mean, obviously, I think we're going to win this game. But um, I think uh, one thing we got to watch in this game is uh, Pitt's guard play. They got some good guards, man. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So uh, the guys I like the most on Pitt uh, is uh, Carrington and uh, Lowe, uh, Jalen Lowe. Uh, and they're kind of, you know, you don't know who's going to start. You know what I mean? Because they both right. started some games or whatever. But they can play, man. They can play. Um, shout out to my my man uh, Marlon Lowe, uh, Jalen Lowe. That's his son, uh, kid from Houston. But really mm-hmm. shoot, man, lefty guard, about six three, and just plays, man, like the right way. Um, at the end of the day, you know what I'm saying. I ain't got no fucking prediction for the score. Just win the fucking game. You know what I'm saying. That's all I'm talking about. Just win the mm-hmm. game. Fuck the score. And they've been getting uh, low some shots too the last couple games. Yeah, they've been finally getting him some shots. Yep, absolutely. All right, all right, AC. Um, you were going to predict a thirty-five point win. Now is the time to do it because we <laughs> yeah, George, we oh yeah, Georgia for Georgia Tech. Tech. Oh yes, Saturday, oh, yes. fucking. Oh yes. I'm. I've been sampling this game. I am ready for this game. I hope. Oh yes. the crazy. ready for this game. I don't think we need to break down Georgia Tech. Nope. We've already played nope. them once. We know who they are. Just fucking blow the doors off this game. We know who they are. We're going to beat the shit out of them. We're going to beat the shit out of them. 90-60. Give me. Give it to me. Wow. They're they looking so too. I'm also predicting. Yeah, they've been bad the past three games. I'm also predicting this is a Tyrese Proctor come out game. Tyrese would about. I, I'm going to say I'm gonna say to career high Tyrese. Hey, Give it to me. Let's go. Give it to me. All of hey, it. Yo. All of it. Because that's hey, the game yo. he got hurt in. Give it all I'll of it. All of the above. All of the above. Orange Jack, what do you got for a prediction here? A win, a blowout win, and a big Tyrese Proctor game. I agree with AC. I think these guys are pissed that they lost to Georgia Tech in the first place. I think Tyrese is pissed he didn't get a chance to play. I yeah. see zero reason why these guys aren't going to come out guns blazing and just beat the crap out of them. If this is, I don't, I don't hate a twenty-five piece from from Proctor here. If if this mm. is a game that's going to test your metal and test like. This is this is gonna remind me if if this comes to fruition the way I feel like it should and can. This is gonna remind me of when Duke beat Maryland at home, um, the the Gerald Henderson's last season when we kind of made that run towards the end of the year and that, that really kind of changed that team. And Maryland beat us up up there and and uh, and God, where where the hell did they even play? I forgot where they played. College Park. College, College Park. Park. I, I put them out of my memory oh, so fast. <laughs> Up in College Park to beat the hell out of us, and then they came down to Duke and got rocketed. So it's just gonna be—it's the same thing for me. 
Yeah, I was at that game. It was awesome. Uh, I think Big Z had a huge game. Uh, oh, yeah. Against yeah. Maryland. Um, that's right. Um, the, uh, I'm predicting 82, I'm, saying that. I'm, I'm predicting 82 to 50 here uh, in this game. I think we just yeah. absolutely line them up. That's a good score. Uh, 82 that's a special score. score. Thank you very much. Uh, and it, and it calls for, I, will, I will say that I'm with AC on this one. If you're a team that, you know, holds a grudge like that, you're a championship-level team. If you mm-hmm. say, you know what, fuck you, we're not going to let that shit happen again, and we're going to show you who we who we are, and we're going to come out, we're going to hold you well. If you held every opponent this year under their season average, they're not only going to do that, but they're going to hold them to 20 points under their season average against Georgia Tech. They are going to make a point that you are not going to push us around ever again. Go the fuck home. Go back to Atlanta. Steve, what do you got for a score here? I don't know the score. 25-plus point win, 80-plus for Duke. Tyrese Proctor gets the game ball. Just win. Pubs. We're about to smack these cats, bro. Duke by 100. Fuck it. Let's go. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Love go. it. All right. So, uh, obviously, two games coming up. Pitt, Tuesday night. Georgia Tech, don't even bother coming to Cameron Saturday. AC, not on Patreon this week. Yeah, man, we got Patreon coming up. We got D, we got Pablo and Jack on the ones and twos as usual. Um, they go break down a few things back with the Syracuse game, a few lineup combinations. We kind of had the spotlight tonight on Flip, talking about some of the things that we can see. Flip improving on player combinations is going to be one of those things. I think you saw that masterclass John put on against Syracuse. Hopefully, we get a few more examples of it with this pit game coming up. Um, we got some articles. We got an article at least, if not another one coming up from TK uh, this week on Spotlight Martin Mitchell and what he's done and, and just the improvements, the dramatic improvements he's made throughout the season. So we got a lot coming up on Patreon, man. It's free. I can't say free. Right there. Right there. R double E. Free. It's free. So sign up. Like, there's no harm in signing up. All you're going to do is get great content out of us. You like listening to the podcast. You might as well listen to that, man. We got 300, 500 some odd people listening to our podcast every week. 500 some people on the Patreon. Come on, y'all. Jump on board, man. Let's go, Duke. Let's go, go Duke. Duke, baby. Go, Duke. Go, Duke.